everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of Spike Drop, Kick Tripod, Yiska, and Volamel here. And a special guest. We got one on the show today. Dr. No coming all the way from... We actually didn't talk about where specifically you are from. Um, SoCal native, West Coast, Best Coast. I'm from La Mirada. Uh, okay, fair enough. I'm up in uh, San Jose, so... Yeah. Uh, okay, not, not not too far away. We share we share a shoreline. I think is yeah. about uh, where we get there. So, well, hey, welcome to the show. Super happy to have you. Have we, Joe Yiska? Have we had a guest on the show yet? Yes, you guys had Ryan Central on, but I was. Oh yeah, there. we had Ryan on. Did we have Avril on early on? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. We remember yes. all of our guests. You're going to be the first one we remember. <laughs> This is what I this is I commit to you. Be the first one <laughs> we remember. Um, before we get started, we want to get to know you uh, a little bit. But before we do, a uh, big thank you to everybody hanging out with us today. If you like the show, please do subscribe. Twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Go to our uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash spike drop. Leave us a five star iTunes review on iTunes or um, follow us on Twitter, I think, at spike drop. And tune in live on Fridays. Okay, that's it. So, uh, Doctor No, tell us tell us about yourself a little bit. So, so for those who um, aren't familiar with you from um, doing things with League of Legends in Japan, um, kind of give us build us a, a base here, build us a lens. So, my name is Doctor No uh, or Mitchell, uh, and I've been I've been in esports i've been in like main state esports since about like 2016 uh i used to run csgo tournaments out of esa uh and i used to do sidebar casting for some of the games um they had one official caster for like their mainstream and they never had like a side stream or anything and all the other you know there's probably about like 12 or so teams that would show up and I would do map bands, set up maps, set up servers, get everyone peripherals. And then, you know, like when I had downtime, they were like, Hey, like, can we go on stream? Oh, can we go on stream? And I was like, Oh no, sorry. I don't make the bracket, like, you know, different things. But then they were just like, do you want to cast? And before that I was casting like FGC tournaments. I used to go to like Street Fighter 4 locals, I used to go to Marvel locals, Melee locals, uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, I'd, like, I'd love to do it. And I used to do that for a couple people just to, like, give them something to have. Uh, it was, like, a little bit of... It was, like, almost VOD review, I guess, but I fell in love with casting around that time. And ever since then, it was just, like, I want to hunt for the next opportunity, so whatever tournament I could get my foot in the door of, like with super smash bros melee was like my home that's where i started that's where i think my heart will always be but then on to bigger and better things now i am doing uh casting for valorant at every opportunity i can get but my main stay and what is coming up for me this weekend is league of legends uh for the japan pro league and they're doing they're in playoffs right now playoffs start for everyone in an na uh it will start saturday night uh, PDT is around like 9 p.m. for us, but it's Sunday for them. Uh, if you guys are, if you know, League of Legends fans, if you guys are interested in that, that's going to be super fun. Some really exciting storylines coming out, but you know, everything I can get in, I'm always trying. I'm always hungry, and right now, Valorant 
everything about it was exciting to me. The stories that were coming out, and I was like, I got to get a part of this. Sounds like the esports grind to me right there. <laughs> whatever, whatever we can do. Yep. yep. So just any opportunity, you throw me a bone, I'm taking it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get started. And let's just hop in. We're going to do uh, kind of a normal show today, um, going through the things, but we're going to spend some extra time on the Allied Esports Odyssey um, event, including the qualifiers, mm-hmm. which you casted with uh, Joshi, right? So um, yeah, yeah. He was a uh, he's a good friend. That's good a lot of headphone broadcasts. That is a lot yeah. of hair for the broadcast. <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to cast with Ask Joshi. Uh, huge shout out to Phil Thirty. He was the observer with us. Um, and honestly, huge shout out to observers because they put in a lot of work behind the scenes to mm. try to make all the matches happen and everything. And it's it's not easy. I cannot I cannot make sure that I'm getting all the action like they can. So huge shout out to him. Awesome. All right. Oh, that's enough of the formalities. Uh, let's jump into the news. Talk about the first, or I guess the fifth installment of Ask Valorant. So, okay. Uh, Ask Valorant, if you haven't listened to the show ever, um, we've kind of gone through these blog posts. Um, find the interesting stuff because uh, Valorant is a very early game and very early esport, which means that there's a lot of questions. And generally, I think Riot's done a pretty good job at providing answers. And uh, so we, we take a little time uh, when they come up and talk about them on the show. That's what we're doing today. Let's go to this first one right away. Right away. The hard-hitting question. I heard someone at Riot once say that abilities don't kill in Valorant, but... There are clearly ones that do, like Raze. Are you breaking your promise? Uh, Morello, uh, who is the character design lead, uh, lead, uh, did respond to this one. And basically owned up to the mistake a little bit. It was like, we, I think we miscommunicated on the intent of uh, our response for that. Um, there's... Uh, guns provide a mass, vast majority of the kills, and even our damage abilities are designed with the goal of creating threats. Um, if the promise was that abilities can never kill was the thing that made you come to try Valorant, we're sorry if we misled you, even unintentionally, but our position is and has been that abilities that deal damage are a core part of a tactical games, whether it be Valorant or other tax shooters. We can unpack this topic more in the future if you're interested. Joe Joseph. Actually, Yiska. Yeah. It looks like you're ready to say something here. How do you feel? I mean, can we remember who said that? I think it was the CEO or something of Riot Games. And You're saying Trendemir said this? No, no, no. There's some other guy that took oh, okay. over, I think. And what does he really have to do with game design? Yeah, exactly. Right? Now... A game designer will then also not thrash his CEO. And I'm not sure if it's a CEO. It's a higher management. Just some sort of, yeah, higher higher up. So, I mean, it's very easy to have a miscommunication. It it felt like a, like a pretty, um, like, like the person who said this didn't sit there and try to, for five minutes, find the exact wording of where this should go. But it's equally valid to then, like for place to latch onto it and mm-hmm. it's good that we're kind of um g- 
getting away from from that definition relatively early, even though like I think there is a is a thing about miscommunication and very often I feel like game design fails at um fulfilling expectations that were set, clearly set. Mm-hmm. So I think some people will be uh let down by that. But then again, like if you if you look at the f- like first beta fo- footage you see, sure, and then you see rays. I'm sorry, but like that very clearly communicated where this game is going, and it was unlikely that based on a tweet, mm-hmm. like that would ever go away. Now, of course, Ray's, if you guys remember, was a little overtuned at that time. <laughs> Two nades, <laughs> baby. Two nades. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's. I mean, we we moved away from that rather than that. So, yeah. if game, if your gameplay prior had like was even reset towards the the point of just saying, okay, we're actually killing less with abilities now, even though mm-hmm. not considerably so. And the thing that I kind of, it's also like, it, I think Morello had a comment like, yeah, well, uh, what we meant was, um, well, we, we, we kind of expect people to either like fail to dodge the event and then you die and that's kind of your fault or you're going right. to be like forced out of the hiding spot and mm-hmm. then you're forced to peek and then you will die through gunplay. Which felt like a probable way to, to say this, but it was very clearly also some, some aspect of, okay, we've, we've failed mildly in the framing of this one t- tweet. Mm. Mitchell, what do you think from the perspective of like, so like that definitely for people who are literalists and they took that comment to mean that abilities essentially can't do damage because that's, any ability that does damage is going to kill people. Um, do you think that they that Valorant is in a good spot of like upholding that? You know, it's gunplay first. It's guns kill people the most, but you know, abilities unchecked. Do you think that those are too punishing currently? How they are? Uh I think they're in a fine spot right now. Um, I mean, it's. Abilities, I think, are definitely a little bit more lethal, or well, well and more lethal than, say, CSGO, uh, which, you know, everyone likes to commonly compare the two. Uh, I will say it's it's sort of interesting to see how far they're going to go, um, because, like, the most recent character, Killjoy, you, lo- you look at her kit, the, the Molotov, or... Molotov, uh, the nano swarm grenade, it does a decent amount of damage. You can expect that to maybe kill someone, but then like things like the turret do very minimal amount of damage in like three round bursts. I think they do like 12 damage. Uh, and yeah, it's, it depends yeah. on distance, yeah. yeah, yeah, very slow, nearly fire. You're almost never gonna die to that. Um, but it could make you, you know, oh, now I have to shoot this turret. I have to shoot this boom bot mm-hmm. while I'm shooting that somebody peeks, which I think, Yiska, you were getting at that really well was just, you know, it's. How do you use the tools to influence gunplay? But if you're just standing in a hot hands from a Phoenix from 100 to zero, well, you deserve to die at that point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I like the the idea of being able to kind of control the map through threats. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm I kind of am a little worried with how how much of an increase I've particularly seen 
regarding Sova, regarding Brimstone, Rays in particular, even though EU kind of work on those rockets. Um, but in general, like seeing a lot of these ultimates consistently finding picks early or getting enough um, done to be able to like severely influence around, that's where I get a little gun shy with. I, I don't think it's too much right now, but I can see as we continue releasing more agents, as more agents get paired together, as we kind of set up more and more combos and get a little bit more um, articulate with our ultimates, um, the game, it's going to be a problem at some point. I, I think there is like this weird 20XX rule with that, you know, we're going to get into, you know, just ultimates and abilities doing more than necessarily the game is intended to kind mm -hmm. of showcase where it, yeah, there is a world where we get away from just the guns and it's just spells. And that's really what kind of impacts the round rather than, you know, clicking the head. And Morello does say in the next um, question that's just like, are there any abilities or kits that are no-go in Valorant? Um, yeah. And he replies, specifically, we try to avoid abilities that would remove the high-consequence gunplay. Increased maximum health tends to be a no-fly zone, as do abilities that replace guns that aren't an ultimate like Jet or Raze. Mm. So... Yeah. That's I think acceptable. the key there is try to avoid... Because I think this is like the, the the theory that I still have with Breach. That's like we haven't seen how disgusting he's going to be. And I still think we haven't necessarily seen that. I think in EU, they're they're kind of the closest to it. But that's where I'm like, okay, this character is like the closest thing we have to specifically removing the high consequence gunplay. Where I can only shoot once. My crosshair is all over the place. I can't physically like move my character yeah. i'm stunned i don't get to do what you're you're telling me on its face how how bad will it get i don't that's tough to say but with the increase in solo with the increase in information gathering out of games like csgo or, or away from games or other tactical shooters uh it's we're gonna get to a point where Breach of stun is going to net kills more often than it doesn't. Um, and, and that specifically kind of targets this, this, this sentence in general. So I hope that that isn't going to be a continued uh, mechanic mm -hmm. throughout many, many of the other agents that uh, will undoubtedly be coming out. So yeah, I think try to avoid is, is I think where I, where I have my hangups. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things uh, that they mentioned that sort of, and not that I want to get too far off topic with this, mm. um, but they did mention something like six agents a year was yeah. somewhere in their projections. Mm -hmm. um, and while I definitely think, you know, you have 140 plus champions in League of Legends to draw from as inspiration to use different abilities, I am mm. not thinking that's too far out of the realm of possibility for them. Uh, I I worry kind of the same of what you were saying is that like, okay, if we're releasing six champions a year, you know, like yep. one of them is bound to just completely revolutionize, you know, the meta when he comes mm -hmm. out or when, whenever that character comes out, it's, it, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I think 
one of the things uh, that I've talked with, uh, I've talked with some other people about uh, mm-hmm. is potentially exploring things like champion bands or splitting sure. the map into offense, defense sided picks. And then you would switch picks at the half, things like that. I mean, there's for as much world of possibility there is for what could be there's mm-hmm. also i feel enough avenues that they can kind of circumvent it or they could oh, down sure. they could cut off the top and you know oh we don't you know okay there's a couple broken champions out there but everybody gets a ban so like you know like eh, yeah. you know you only have to worry should about be like able to kind of remove all the broken heroes and and yeah mm-hmm. I, i'd like to see you know in two three years time when we do have like a, a wider roster of agents to kind of pick from Maybe we do kind of revisit the format. Maybe we do kind of um, allow more of a pick ban. Maybe we allow, um, you know, swaps at the half. Maybe mm-hmm. you have a limited amount of swaps that you get. It would be kind of interesting. It kind of adds a little bit more dynamic feel. How would you apply that to ladder? I don't know, but yeah. I think I, I, I think people are a lot more aware of the player uh, experience and like the how that might operate in terms of like a UI. But I think it's almost overly so at this point where i think players are like okay with some intrusion into like their their flow of play i don't know exactly how you want to kind of describe it but i don't think like a pick and ban is like all that bothersome it works in a number of games a number of genres um so i don't i don't see why it wouldn't necessarily work here it'd be a little weird and something to get used to because it's not something that you have had to get used to but there's definitely yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to see that explored. It would have to be on the face. I don't think you could just do like halftime swaps, right? Because the the hero the hero advantages on attack versus defense are just kind of like night and day for some, right? Sure. And yeah. like the the big reason, one of the big reasons that they're not OP is because they have to play on the other half of the map as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think other than that, I, I would love to see, I think more exploration into that. I, I jokingly put in chat, let's get a roll lock going. Oh no. <laughs> or, uh, oh jeez. <laughs> oh, you only get one duelist. <laughs> yeah. I've already, Two I, Sentinels I mean, max. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll get to it, but I think like that's almost what people are kind of teasing in their minds with the op is like, okay, do we limit it? Do we kind of impose like some sort of like mm. gentleman's agreement where it's like, okay, you only get one. Is that something you can, or you want to see in the game? Is it that ridiculous There's to have more than one? I don't know. You can yeah. get a second op by killing the other team's op. I guess. I, I again, we'll, we'll, we'll naturally progress there, but I, 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 I like the game. I think it's at an early stage where you can kind of experiment with some things and, and explore some some different formats. And I think we'll probably have to see a change sometime in the future if, if they're really going to continue with pumping out. It's also six, it's also a really volatile space right now, right? Where things are really sure. uh, correcting themselves a lot of the time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm mm. OK with not being too heavy handed with systematic changes, um, For sure. you know just kind of overall there's one other thing on the um on the q a which i don't think is worth too much of a discussion but i really liked how they positioned it so it's kind of how how has uh it been right now banning cheaters how many have you banned so far and we know that there's been 1802 manual bans and uh arkham posted 
Uh, what's that like? Personally, I like to start my day with coffee and a list of suspicious players sorted by most reported. I start drinking my coffee and go through the list manually reviewing accounts until I've had enough. Coffee, not reviewing. And I really like coffee, which is probably why I'm currently at the top of the team leaderboard for most accounts reviewed. I doubt I will hold the position for long, though, because we've recently expanded the pool of people investigating, so I have a lot more competition. Uh, I think You know what this kind of paints in my mind? You know, those, like... I, I'm gonna get like the film term completely wrong, but like the weird like '60s detective movies, where it's just like this weird noir setting, and somebody oh. like breaks into the detective's office, like Johnson. There's a there's a hacker on the loose. The maps, they're all. It, it's got like the weird like string, you know. Every, everything's everybody's strung out. There's coffee stains everywhere. Multiple. It, I don't know. That's just what I saw. Also, sounds like he was injecting coffee into straight into his bloodstream. Writing that paragraph, very it's kind that, of uh, scattered. I appreciate episode. it. Where he's got all the he's got yeah, all yeah, the, yeah. Charlie's got all the red yep. lines up on the board. He's just freaking out. <laughs> mm, that's 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 what I envision at at Riot Games is everybody's just strung out on coffee, banning cheaters and. <laughs> We're manually reviewing cases. I kind of like that system, though. I found it interesting that they have like a little internal leaderboard to just kind of they they gamify. <laughs> leave it up to a game company to gamify their yep. like reporting system. Um, mm. It would be really funny is if one of the people who was banning the cheaters created a cheat to get higher on the leaderboard internally while simultaneously banning cheaters. Are you telling me to look into it? I, I want to see. Think there's a shortage. I want to see a wall. <laughs> I want to see a wall hacking leaderboard person out at Riot. Is is, is what I'm saying. Um, cool. Anyways, that's uh, Ask Valorant number five. There is one other topic that I wanted to spend just a little bit of time on because it's been kind of hot mm. late, lately, and that's just kind of the current state of ranked in general. So Asu on Twitter put a uh, tweet out that has gotten a lot of traction, and then a lot of community members have kind of piled on with their thoughts and uh asu says i love valorant but in my opinion the current state of the meta and ranked are legit miserable to play might take a break till the next balance patch uh strong legs um you know it's like what are you disliking the most at the moment asu responds fps uh issues teammates and me dcing mid-match buggy client five stack versus five stole solo double op meta judge over rifles inflated boosted ranks t stream snipers every game which we're not going to really talk about killjoy nades killing my joy <laughs> so there's i think that there's like four i think that are really interesting um mm. the first is you know stacks versus solos which i have noticed as well i don't feel like the client is doing a very good job at matchmaking me with the right i don't think that they're living up to their promise of if I'm stacking solo or duo, I should be stacking with other solos and duos as often as possible. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that they've done a, a great job of that. Judge versus rifle or judge over rifles, I think is another really interesting one. And then of course the double op meta, which, which I don't, maybe that's the meta at like high rank, which again, I don't follow nor am i at let's be honest i can't hit the broad side of a barn um but even just with the valorant that i've seen like double opping is pretty rare like it does happen 
can't deny that but mm-hmm. calling it a double op meta feels strong i mean that and but i'm sympathetic towards it being a bigger issue in ranked than in sure. competitive matches mm-hmm. simply because theoretically like solving op double op is not a one-man job 100 percent and therefore, but then again, like then Jonas is on having a five-man party, which of course then kind of ties into, into the other, other part yeah. issue. Like, but um, with the with rank queue stuff, uh, I mean, they keep saying that they have increased the amount of uh, like likelihood of being paired up with like five v fives and whatnot, so even numbers. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is. Like what you could do is in, just increase the uh, the wait time, the average wait time until a five uh, a five stack will be queued up against individual players, but then you're disincentivizing actually five stacking. Like if it's just like a difference between like I don't know like ten minutes and thirty minutes, then nobody's mm-hmm. going to five stack anymore. When we no. kind of want that, at least Rise has communicated that they want that. So um, it feels like we need to think three-dimensionally and actually add some other incentive or structure in order to make 5v5s very attractive to play, such as tournaments and whatnot. Yeah, give me Clash for for Valorant. Obviously, I think that's probably down the pipeline, you know, much farther down the line, but yeah, I'd love to see, you know, get some some people together, get some rewards, automated tournaments. It's been very successful in many other games, one that you, you know, Riot Games creates, so Mm -hmm. why not try to implement the same technology here? Do you think that's that... That's be. Oh, go ahead, go Mitchell. Ahead. Please. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, speaking of other Riot games, League of Legends has uh, two ranked modes. You have ranked solo duos, where you can mm-hmm. only queue up with one other person, and then you have ranked flex, which you can queue with you know, multiple people if you want to stack up with your, with your friends. And you know, it's like, hey, if that's an archetype that works, that's an archetype that works. Right. Yeah, it's uh what do you guys think? Do you think that the Valorant games are too long that we that we couldn't have like a four team bracket style in client thing where um no. you know if you five stacked you go into like more of like a little tournament style thing and you have your kind of own MMR there versus like trying to trying to match make teams of five? Maybe making like the automated clash style tournaments might be a little tough at like best of three. Um, and I, and I really I don't, think don't like best of three. Yeah. yeah, it'd be tough. I, I think that would be where time constraints come into it and trying to like schedule things might be a little difficult. But yeah, like a four team bracket. Best of one, maybe maybe there's a separate division for best of threes who, you know, a little bit more hardcore giving that to the people mm-hmm. might might surprise and maybe there's a higher population for best of threes and there are best of ones who knows um but yeah i think that that is a good way to to yes point incentivize people to group together to play together to play the game and and have a lot of fun just in in a pseudo team or you know fairly constructed team atmosphere and mm-hmm. and play the game at uh or, or trying to play the game at at a pretty uh not to abuse the word constructed but coordinated level let's say right i think there's there's always that notion of ranked and like competitive playlists are never going to be pro play like that's Mm -hmm. kind of like a that's a given i think 
I think it was actually a Riot employee that had like this uh, this really good article uh, on it, just talking about how you're never going to recreate a competitive setting like constructed tournament play mm. in your normal game or in your like ranked games uh just because you know there's all the different factors that go into it um you know you're with different people and so like the meta sort of develop within that atmosphere and then the skill discrepancies and everything like that um so i think i think clash is like the best way to try and try and like sort of reach towards that Mm -hmm. while still allowing ranked to be its own beast and totally. to allow that to like contain its own group of players everyone understands that yeah you know like if you go like high into diamond or if you like push a little past you're gonna start playing against five stacks and then the game might just you know like it might just kind of blow but that's mm -hmm. you know you knew that getting into this if you want to play with five stacks you know like there's going to be clash that's where you should know that they are uh it's kind of a hard issue to fix. Um, and I think especially the more team play really grows in Valorant, it's it might even become an even more exhausted issue. But, you know, there's a reason that you see like a lot of like pro players will just make a new account and they'll just grind back up to like uh, up to all like, you know, platinum diamond and they'll just blaze through the ranks because yeah. that's more fun if you're solo queuing than having to do the the you know the diamond slog of oh if i rank up on this game then i'm just gonna be playing against five stacks every game and you know not mm -hmm. not gonna be as fun and once i'm up there so right sure yeah uh ziegler did respond on twitter um and it wasn't a very insightful response but did give it a response and say hey everyone on the design side we're currently analyzing the rank system top to bottom we're looking into changes that will improve many aspects of competitive have not committed to any solutions yet. Thanks for the feedback. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't really expect much else. Again, communications, I guess, good, but an acknowledgement is better than nothing, right? Yeah, for sure. At least you're heard. <sighs> that could also just mean they're looking at like the rectangle stuff, which is Jesus Christ, is that counterintuitive? More That's Tetris, more the, Tetris, more Tetris. Some of the worst stuff I've it's seen in so the weird ranking system. Yeah. The only thing I can say about it is it's creative. It's true. So it's, it's yeah. you're you're thinking outside the box. You know, I, I think uh, Mr. Bachelor over here might be able to align with that. Right. Well, no. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. All right. Very good. <laughs> very good. This is yeah. on the level of artisanal nose picking. Mm, yes. Very. Yes. Your your new article or the Riot Games Valorant. Same level, same difference. Well, okay, <laughs> glad, glad we met at the same spot. Yeah. Anyways, that's kind of the updates on all the things around the game, state of the game type stuff. Let's uh, talk about esports a little bit. A uh, couple of new uh, tournaments announced. The big one, though, uh, Pop Flash Valorant Ignition Series event has been announced. It's going to be a four-day event with 50,000 in prize pools and features uh, C9, Dignitas, Envy, Gen.G, Immortals, and then Sentinels, T1, and TSM. Uh, quick question before we even go into that more. Dignitas hasn't announced a nope. team, right? The only team that they... So they did have their... 
uh, Dignitas Their female, female team, CSGO, CSGO yeah. team, uh, did play early on. Uh, but we don't know mm -hmm. who. Uh, I mean, it has been intimated be. that it's going to be homeless by ESPN, I think. Okay. Oh, hmm, interesting. I didn't see that. Yeah, neither did I. I like, like it. They, they didn't say for definitive, otherwise there would have been a reporter soon, but yeah. yeah, that's the rumor. Interesting. That's also, by the way, a very interesting development where they would just rumor on their show or like on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They just that's interesting. Like are, are we not doing like 100% stuff anymore? No, that's that's going on my Excel sheet, dude. If you get that wrong, that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> Very easy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, unless you're unless you're like citing something from like a Reddit post or like, oh, mm -hmm. so and so told me that like Dignitas were looking at. I don't know. It seems yeah, yeah it seems Same a little bizarre, natural, right? Like, did they see that? That's a weird one. That's a. That's I thought a they reported though. on it. Did they it, not? Oh, bye, oh. Joe. See Adios. you later. Did or, I no, that was Yiska. Never mind. No, that was Yiska. Oh, I'm yeah. still here. Uh, sorry for the cameras are messed up. Nice. And then all right, my, my Discord, Discord just like, randomly restarted. That's very nice. good. Nice. We love that. Ex expert. Um, We're talking about Nitro. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, Nitro is maybe a little bit different. Like, you can mm. report that someone is in talks with something, right? Yeah. Um. But like the face thing, how they first intimated that, like on yeah, some that backwater one, live stream, just talking about it. That's some. That one felt kind of. That's some. Yeah. I don't we know, know those guys. There's many names I could name right now, but I'm, I'm not going to. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm, 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 I was. I was pretty like weirded out by that. I would expect like that to be a report, not. Hey. Elbow, elbow. Like I heard it's these guys. Like I don't <laughs> know. Feels. Feels weird. Yeah, the, that's a face, fair point by Dream. Like, uh, that was during the stream as soon as I was uh, on the stream. And he said, like, I heard this and this. And then Jake was oh, just okay. like, yeah. I mean, if it's saying? just repeating that, in that I guess it's fair. instance, yeah. 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 But in general, yeah, like these, I don't know. It's weird. Mm. So, anyways, uh, we've got that going on. We'll continue to see Sentinels versus TSM rivalry. A uh, Yiska. Uh, you still pulling? Okay, Joe. What? Okay, I have a theory. Okay, yeah. okay. You ready for this? No, but go ahead anyway. Hear me out. Okay, I don't want to. For those who partake in some Overwatches, Sideshow has been very active. Yeah. In talking about the game and analyzing it and creating content around it, of which I would suggest people watch. I think it's very insightful. Quite good. Talking about another leaker, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I I see a future for Sideshow heading up B sites Valorant tournaments and league if Maybe. they so choose to do that. I I see I see that see he's pretty he is he is Joe just doing the exact same thing where we just said eh. <laughs> I mean you're really also not on a publication really nor is it a rumor I just think it would it would fit and it seems to make sense to me I think it's speculative on my part not reporting is he anything. lazy though yeah, actually, maybe is. maybe 
<laughs> he only is if he wants to come on it and berate me. <laughs> if okay, this is a, a million inside jokes from an Overwatch podcast yes, that for real. Said if on Overwatch loses <laughs> Sideshow and Bren, I don't know. I would love to hear them cast Valorant. I, 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 I think I, it would be I, amazing. I have, and it's amazing. Mm. I just like my Overwatch League, though. I need, I need it to <laughs> yep. stay intact. Yeah, we, you'd lose like we'd lose like a really good casting duo, um, and content generators, and probably two of, if not the highest, social media impact sure. on the competitive overwatch scene 100% so but yeah I, th I think I think he's shown a lot of interest I think he's got a good brain for it and they're making moves man they've been making moves I'd with uh I'd like to see it and if Monty wants to bring him on call up the commish commish is gonna say I don't know what he's gonna say to be fair but I would imagine that okay. I think they'd, they'd want to bring him on but I'd like to see that I, I genuinely would love to see what a what a, what a brand what a sideshow what a um what an uber i think uber kind of didn't he kind of start in like cs right not yeah, start well and he's on like has cs experience he's i don't know if he's a permanent uh co-host or he's on clutch area clutch or kick sure. quite a bit so yeah you know, i think all, i think a lot of the, guys are yeah. dabbling i mean we, we can talk about it on crouch again but i think these guys have, now have insane leverage uh oh absolutely like they positioned themselves very well mm. and uh yeah that, i mean it like whatever scene gets those hats off to you you got some like a bangers coming towards, uh casting duo coming your way yeah and and to be fair to kind of you know weirdly keep it in like the caster thing like hearing sean garris and ddk come on and do some of the phase stuff like that was what are you what are you gonna do like we're we're starting to get some like real big hitters like the scene like the esports scene is really chugging along pretty quick yeah um obviously very fair, excited about that but the, like that, that particular duel at least ddk is a bit of a gold digger in terms of like just like trying his luck like playing scenes against each other like he has been playing that stuff very well if people will remember the very old days but mm. yeah that yeah. like them casting this doesn't necessarily indicate to uh, to me that they are serious uh, or TDK specifically, but uh, mm -hmm. we'll see. I think if anybody wanted to lock down, well, how how would you put that? I'd like to see both of them lock down for like a league of some sort, or somebody's like get away with leaks for me, especially from this game, very far whatever you you get the you get the gist of it like some sort of tournament series i don't know like you you get the point like i'd like to see somebody like this is our casting duo for this tournament we that this is our in-house guys like they're gonna get the finals they're really good i'd like to see that happen okay let's think they climb really down from job. the tangent tree shall we yes please <laughs> whoa look get at me out Yiska, here. you look at you Yiska shining away from a tangent about. this is so really anyways <laughs> on the pop flash side of things i think the only you know this is every na tournament that you know has invites right now and a prize pool are mm -hmm. gonna are kind of seeing these same teams and then um the the big difference here was dignitas right um yeah i'll be a little upset if dig is not uh a decent team where we're just sure. kind of bringing on a new team for the sake of having them be a big name when we have other mm -hmm. teams that are probably just as deserving, if not more. 
um, just on the org side of things and maybe even performance. So hopefully that's like a decent team and, and just a five stack that you're porting over that you would have invited anyways. Um, yeah. yeah, I think either way, like even just ignoring them, one bad apple mm. uh, does not make a bad bunch. And this bunch is quite uh, quite good. I'd yeah. say this is good. This is going to be a banger for sure. Dream did ask uh, about the format. It is uh, four days. You have three days of groups, two of four. Um, and then uh, from there, the top two in each group will qualify for a double elimination playoff uh, between the final four teams. Best of two? Uh, best of three? Sorry. Uh, it does not say on the release as far mm, as okay. I can see. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, that I don't know. Um, but as far as the format that goes. So yeah. that, that's the info that I think is out there right now. There might be something on the Liquipedia page. I can maybe check in a second. Uh, two tournaments to be on your radars for this weekend before we talk about Allied. Um, first one is the Cyber, the Cyber Games Arena Pacific Open. It's a combination of invited and qualified teams um, in one of a very few Pacific Valorant events so far. Uh, the hours suck for those in NA with matches starting at around midnight PST. What else is new? And, uh, I haven't found the actual stream link, but there's been some VODs up. I recommend using juke.gg slash Val, uh, to stay up to date on, um, those types of tournaments and brackets and things like that. The other one is the 2020 Clan Masters. Uh, 2020 Clan Masters playoffs have started uh, with some of the, the bigger organizations in uh, Valorant, South Korea, which is pretty cool. And mm. matches are going to continue on Monday at 2 a.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash riotgames underscore, underscore Korea for the official channel. I don't think there's an English cast of that. So... Those are the uh, two that I have um, seen that look really interesting that have um, either big names or new regions with big names. So, um, yeah. One cool. thing to quickly note yeah, yeah. for any uh, Overwatch and maybe some hardcore CSGO uh, fans out there, obviously, um, Lunatic High stepping into the space. Um, originally, I'd say from kind of more Asian and CSGO or rather Counter-Strike fame more specifically in the West, but obviously kind of picking up a lot more steam in Overwatch. Uh, they have two teams, Lunatic High and Lunatic High Flux, and apparently they're headed up by one of the old members of Project KR who, if memory serves, did quite well in old school CS. So have a have a veteran of the scene kind of stepping in and coaching up some of the young players on two different kind of sister teams interested to see what happens with that maybe we'll have a couple good korean teams come out of korea which is uh exciting i'd say yeah it is actually really cool to get to see like fps is picking up in uh a lot of the asia regions you know like mm. Southeast, uh, japan all that uh Primarily because it's usually a little bit harder to get first person shooters to land there uh, and to really like take hold. Um, but now that, you know, like Overwatch picked up a decent bit of popularity and then now we have Valorant seeming to be picking up a bit. I'm really curious to see if we'll see a lot of teams popping up and then, you know, 
hopefully as all like the COVID things are, we're slowly starting to get past it. I'm really excited to see, you know, like our first LAN nationals, you sure. know, like I wanted yeah. all of these teams coming together. I can't, I biggest thing I'm always waiting for is land tournaments. Uh, and mm. when you're talking about like, all these other regions that are just bubbling and boiling and everybody's just kind of, you know, cooking up their own teams, what are you going to bring to, what are you going to bring to these international events? And I, I always just get excited about that. Yeah, the prospect of having like uh, a world's esque event for something like Valorant, where you know you take a number of these uh, ignition series tournaments and use them as qualifiers for something later on down the year, and you have you know multiple regions kind of showing up and representing their their kind of home uh, home turf, as it were. And I'd love to see you know the best well. The team that qualifies from South Korea, hopefully it's the best team. But, you know, all of these different teams coming over and, and competing against one another. I think that's, yeah, that that would be very, very exciting and, and fun to see. I think that's definitely something that I'm excited to see post-COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's, let's talk about Allied Esports Odyssey. Get to the main event here, but not really. We're going to start with qualifiers. Yes. <laughs> uh, so last weekend, we had the qualifiers for the Allied Esports Odyssey, which is one of the EU Ignition Series events, and there's a 15,000 euro prize pool. Uh, invited mm. teams are G2, NIP, uh, Team Liquid, and Giants Gaming. And then we had two qualifiers when uh, Funflux Phoenix and uh, BBL Esports. So, um, yep. Fun flux Phoenix wasn't even fun flux Phoenix, uh, <laughs> when they were competing last weekend and they are yeah. now. Um, so before we discuss kind of what's been going on with the main event, let's talk about the qualifiers and some of those teams. And this is the big reason why uh, we wanted Dr. No on the show. Uh, because I just brought up, um, Phoenix here. Can you, uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on with that, uh, roster? Yeah, so uh, it was pretty soon before the round one of qualifiers uh, that we heard Zype and Go Kill, which is the name that they were under going into the tournament. Uh, we just heard a couple rumors that somebody was saying, "Oh, this is that FPX might be picking mm -hmm. up, uh, might be picking up Zype and Go Kill." Like we're uh, this was. When they were Team Fabrican and another team Party that parents. I, yeah. yes, um, they were both. They were a little bit separated. They came together for this tournament, and then pretty much right after the tournament uh, was over, I get on Twitter and I think um, Ryan Central tweeted out. He was like, "Yep, FBX just confirmed that like this is like this team just made qualifiers." Uh, and uh, FBX decided that they were going to be picking them up, um, which is super, super cool um, to get. Um, my friend Reaper, he, he did a lot of research into it, and he said, like, one of the biggest things of EU right now is stability breeds longevity, and longevity breeds results. Uh, and the biggest issue right now is that G2 is the only team with a real amount of stability right now. Uh, now TL is getting into the business. FPX just signed their own team, and they have you know they have enough money to give their team a good shot. Uh, and of course the other NIP and Giants. So 
I'm really excited that we're going to see some establishment in the scene. You know, now that we're starting to pick up all of these extra teams, if these are players, you know, like, oh, if it was just a fluke and oh, this, this, that, you know, you can say what you want. They've done relatively well, so I'm hoping for continued success. But there's always that that level of like, okay, now that we're starting to see who the heavy hitters are, I still think I think there were some criminal teams or like some just teams that I absolutely should be there. I think Team Bonker or Team Bonk should absolutely be in there. Project SW should absolutely be in there. I think started from CS should be in there realistically. Mm. Um, there's so many heavy hitters that just did not make it through this best of one format that was like pseudo double. Yeah, we got that keeps happening, right? And arguably, it has actually killed some of the chances for teams like Fabrican, for instance. Who, like, if you yeah. guys remember, they had like th I think three ignition series in in mm. Europe that they didn't get invited to in other tournaments, got very far, didn't make it through the best of one. Of course, you can argue, yeah, you got to win those best of ones, but what what about those teams that actually gain from playing these best of fives where they analyze or like grow within the series or whatever mm -hmm. whether or not that's a thing right now it is besides the point like best of ones just aren't a good way to filter no. through this now of course i'm also sympathetic towards the point of having to play like nine maps a day which is also <laughs> yeah. so in a situation where you haven't maybe quite figured out who the the good guys are um, even though I think the argument is now weaker and weaker, mm -hmm. where you should be giving out invites, um, like I understand the 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 currents there, right? You want as many people to uh, have a fairly easy ex entrance into the scene. You want and maybe there are hidden gems there, especially in the scene where you know like esports organizations still haven't picked up teams you kind of want the big hitters to be in there you don't want to play that many games like it, it's hard to find a working formula but i think as we progress i think invites especially also to the non-sponsored teams that are still doing pretty well should mm -hmm. should have happened right like and i'm i'm also not a big fan of like these organizers just like uh inviting their regional teams or whatever for some you know like unknown yeah reason. seeing giants just kind of slotted in it's a little bizarre haven't really i mean during the replay it was force that was in there was yeah. kind of like yeah I, i'd actually really like this to be for breaking right now like yeah or just there, there's like a good list of teams um i i will say uh kind of skimming through some of the vods and you know some of the names brought up big on you know started from cs a lot of big hitters there um, one thing that I'm noticing with um, how, how to put this nicely, um, a tier European talent. So like not the teams that have been signed, the, the kind of teams that have to go through the qualifiers. Uh, a, a lot of their issues kind of come from the fact that they really don't know what to do with their hands at times. They don't have like these kind of set strats. I think EU in general is, is a much looser or more loose region um they they seem to rely on decisive play calling and and in-game in leaders and that's why i quite like bbl esports they kind of remind me of like a little g2 where they have like they, they have their initial play call and things go 
might might go bump in the night and things might get a little shifty, but they immediately can just like run a different play and just go somewhere else. And they seem very decisive in that way. Whereas a team like what was it Project SW? Oh, boy. Um, I, I want to like this team, you know, shout outs to Hardest and Wrath from the Overwatch scene. Uh, good, good set of crew from from that region. But if there was ever a team that that really kind of embodied the I, I don't know what to do with my hands in this situation, uh, just go ahead and, and rewatch some of their games versus uh, FPX or Zypan Go Kill. Um, very clearly like two different kind of calibers of teams. And, but you, you go back and look at some of their best of ones and it's and they run into the same issue where they kind of just attack a site and you run into a wall or one too many picks and then they just kind of freeze and their deer and headlights kind of shows and mm-hmm. not. And that's not to say that teams can't do that or shouldn't do that, but it seems to affect them a whole lot more than a, a higher caliber team like an FPX, like a G2 like a TL where I, I think there are some promising players on this team. Like I think hardest does have a lot of promise. Um, Dawn kind of stuck out a little bit, but I, I struggle to see them maybe as a team advanced, maybe they kind of get picked apart and that seems to kind of be the trend with EU where mm-hmm. you, you have a good core, but then they get poached and kind of combined with this other core and it kind of works. Um, FPX feels like a very, um, good representative of that system. Very, uh, how would you put it? Like, ha- has a lot of skill. They're they're very good aimers. Uh, Zypan, I think, is criminally underrated, um, specifically NA. Like, not too many people are talking about him, but easily putting up big numbers for for the the amount of community credit he gets. Mm-hmm. Bonk, I, I'll I'm right there with you, Mitchell. Like, I think Bonk's very very good. Team Bonk in general very strong they've just come short on a couple right they've been like one match short on like the last three or so weekends of tournaments i feel like where they're just like they're in there they do relatively well and they just fall a map short i think also say like this Mm -hmm. is a this is a team where like i really appreciate the hustle um Mm. like they're um also their management side is like very like uh, attentive to towards like getting their name out there, and they know it's yeah. like an upwards, um, like endeavor to to try to get sponsored in EU, especially if you're not like the best team. And I really appreciate that they like reach out, and then I think I even saw them on ESPN recently uh, had an interview with us. Like this is like I I already told Salah this like thumbs mm. up for your hustle. It's, yeah, that's great gotta do throwing boot camps and stuff yeah they're, mm. they're, they got a good head on their shoulders and i think a good group of guys that obviously just kind of went through some some roster turmoil obviously kind of the the, the bulk of their roster going to fpx and or at least a good portion of it uh going to fpx including a coach if i remember correctly so it's i think this is a team that's going to need a little bit more time to kind of like get their feet under them again and and i expect i expect them to be Maybe not the next team picked up, but I, within that kind of qualifier division of teams where consistently placing through getting into these tournaments and, and showing up big. I, I would say like I I was kind of like a little upset that EU teams weren't moving this, this quickly. But mm. I'm actually like, especially FPX kind of shows that they're some potentially nuts rosters. Like 
the the combination of these nationalities specifically was not apparent to me. I didn't think that would happen that way. But if it can, that's kind of nuts. Like Shao, I always thought like Shao was like a top three talent uh, on his position in in Europe. Explosive. Um, Angel, like as an in-game leader, still pretty nuts. uh, Fragging that he brings with, and then like paired with the best parts of. Uh, the other two like, come on it's, like it's it, like, this is a really stacked roster and it's only about time like this is legitimately a roster that could probably play up there with uh g2 and the rest of them right they like did. Mm. yep yeah they did <laughs> they beat g2 <laughs> to be fair that was wasn't yeah that's that the rough series that's my wasn't problem is yeah i think yeah. with they took game one, uh, mm, and that was okay. 5v5, and then it was about like halfway through mm, uh, okay. game two. Um, and that was, I mean, obviously condolences to David P and his family. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, as a competitor, that's never, you know, something you even think possible, right, yeah. when you're yeah. in that tournament setting. Um, and, you know... Of course, I would never say for a second that, you know, like anyone would look like heartlessly on that loss. Um, you know, like there's it obviously takes that away, but I almost don't want to do the inverse to FPX for mm, sure. taking map one and for being in a good position on map sure. two. Like, I think. It, I think FBX as a team is proving themselves enough that i'm still going to call i'm still going to praise them for being a heavy hitter oh sure you could never expect that like coming from coming for g g2 um Mm. and i was yeah yeah and like i mean david p he tweeted afterwards he was like he's like yeah i still plan to compete um like i talked to g2 about it and you know like he said i he'd still like to be playing at the series and you know like honestly amazing stuff to him for being able to Mm. rally back from that i don't even want to know what kind of strength that takes but in the same way you know i'm if if he's going to step up and he wants to be treated like a competitor still because i think that when you're talking about a pro player like that if he's going to say i'd like to be treated like a competitor we 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 kind of owe sure. him that respect. Um, I'm I don't want to downplay anything he does from this point on, or no, upplay no, anything he does. You know, like treat him like the well and accomplished player that he is. But that's that's the good thing. I don't even think we need to speculate much on this specific series because I think this FPX team, if not this tournament, most definitely in the future will prove to us that they are a top tier team. I think the mm-hmm. makeup of this is just like mm-hmm. it's almost like. T- just like from from the raw talent, it's I'm not sure if if there is another team like G2. Uh, so, uh, if there is another team that is as stacked as they are, except G2. That's what I, mm-hmm. mean. I think you could probably make one kind of eyeing yeah. some of the talent. Um, looking at like started from CS and kind of picking through like the the A tier of Europe. I think you could kind of put together. Are you like saying a, unsigned a, or just total? Yes, currently yeah. just I, total like, you don't think like don't team think... liquid uh no. fbx uh, no. are good enough to consistently yeah, in Europe, compete with no. g2 no the, not or uh, i mean they what i mean is pound for pound 
FPX is very clearly up there with G2 and nobody else is in Europe to, yeah. for my money anyway. Um, because I think like, for instance, mm. like let's, let's take uh, liquid, right? I mm -hmm. think they, they honestly, like there's still a massive mismatch in terms of um, like um, maybe skill and also temperament and also mm -hmm. philosophy on the game. Yep. Um, and like that was one of the more interesting one, uh, things to see from Allied Esports Odyssey is like how does Liquid now switch up the roles once again and I, I saw yeah. like Scream was playing a bunch of Reyna where it's just like yeah this kid just wants to like frag and just He's play just his game while the other passive like methodical guys just do their thing and it's like mm. it feels like yeah you can win with that but you cannot become the best team in Europe with uh, that approach. If you had um, asked me or said this in June, I think I would have fought you pretty hard on it. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think, yeah, I think especially after their recent, mm. um, I think after their recent performances and stuff, I think that that's fair that, that we need to see more from. We we haven't seen consistent uh, fish one, two, three since June. No. And yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like Fish One to Three worked a because they had artists who's like yep. one of the best player, if not the best player in the world, and then also the profile of artists that as a player that he had, which mm -hmm. by the way he funnily enough let go for G two and is still excelling uh, at the same mm -hmm. pace, right? Um, yeah, that's true too. That's a really good point. So here, here's here's a f go ahead. I don't want to completely derail. No, no, like my point is just like um, I think like. If, if we if we also want to um, bridge it over to NIP, I don't mm -hmm. think they have the firepower power pound for pound either to the degree that FPX has. Like mm -hmm. in my mind, that that's the hilarious part, right? Like uh, when you guys yeah. remember like the the conception of G two, yeah. Like they had four signed, and then Davy P, P was not signed. And honestly, yeah. the first two events, I was like, yeah, that's a placeholder. He's not fragging. He's not doing anything. Now he might just be like either the best or the second best play on that team in the way he has been performing. Yeah, this event in particular coming up so, big. Th it, this is this is like G2 is stacked, FPX will be stacked. I don't think the other teams either have found like their their fully stacked roster yet. Yeah. Mm. Or um they will have to win by other means than sheer firepower. Yep. So the 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 fight that we could have if G2 seemingly kind of number one for everybody's lists, FPX kind of probably coming in at, at, at a swift number two. What, who do you kind of give the nod as like the third best team as, as gotta give it to liquid, as. right? Yeah. I'm I think more I inclined to say nip. I like Just Nip more potential. from a playstyle play style perspective. Like, they are a smarter team. Yeah. And they are more a cohesive team. But based yeah. on results, like, yeah, it's they, tough they to argue the we play, right? Uh, let's see. And that went in so. uh, Fish's favor. So, or Liquid's. I think that one of the other things is, like, who am I taking in a best of five, right? Mm, you know, yeah. because you mentioned earlier, like, mid-set adaptations. Uh, and I think... As the game develops, those are going to become a lot more relevant. Uh, and I'm really curious to see. In that aspect, I think I like NIP slightly better, which is kind of getting where you were yeah. at of like the way they 
they operate as a team and their approach i really enjoy but Mm. i think also on the subject of just like pound for pound firepower um and like i want to circle back to team bonk because Mm. i think safe and yasin are such monsters uh in a world of EU where all of your top fraggers are or NA, you know, it's it's the jet show uh, yeah. in EU. It's the Rays show, you know, Zypen, Zypen go kill. He is like 50 some odd games of Rays deep at this point. Mm-hmm. He is always going to be running it in on you. He does not seem to carry. And then you have Yasin and Safe who you know you've seen also on ray's jet and then you have safe who was playing who was doing it on sage even it didn't matter what kind of character you gave him um playing viper opping on viper mind you yeah he was opping on viper there were so many times and i think that's kind of what when you're talking about what you were mentioning like you know oh let's put in you know let's put in let's bulk up this team let's get some heavy hitters I want to look at Team Bonk as like people who have heavy hitters and off rolls because mm. I have never seen a battle sage that wants to op as aggressively as safe and he's just fragging every round, you know? And sure, it's a qualifier, but, you know, put that on a team that's missing a little bit of that firepower. And what are sure. you going to start approaching some of these G2s with and these FPXs with? Yeah, I, I think they, I, I think they feel, or, hmm. They they kind of mimic a lot of the the early nip things that I liked where they were a little bit more creative. They feel like a, a C9 esque team that uh, don't necessarily rely too heavily on firepower, even though obviously mm-hmm. C9 has tens and we all know what he can do. Um, <laughs> but but they do have like these weird set positions and they use utility in fun and interesting ways. Um, and, and I get that vibe from Bonk and in particular nip. Um, going into this event and to Yiska's uh, point about them playing they will play today later today Nip and Liquid will play thus far they have not met in so the, who are you uh, picking there I like Nip I like so Nip you, I think Liquid's you, a little too straightforward you think their series against uh, Liquid at the Wii Play was a Nip slip you I was setting this such, up for such a long say time. So I, I was just sitting on that. Yeah, the, hit him with the boo. Hit him with the boo. He deserves that one. Now, two. I wanted to come back on uh, G2 and briefly talk about BBL, who I think have had quite a standout, much to, to, to Mitchell's kind of uh, point. I think this team is the, is the qualifier team to kind of look at. I think everybody kind of looked at FPX and was like, okay. If anybody's qualifying, it should be you. But like, who's your understudy? Who's who else is coming up? And I think BBL's really kind of surprised a lot of people um, in particular playing their first game against G2 and running them extremely close. And I think G2 across this entire event, obviously, with um, the the tragedy happening with, with David P. Um, it kind of puts an asterisk on, or an asterisk on this event. But I do wonder if G2 is, is slowing down a little bit. That, that isn't, um, I, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. I think that they have played enough with the emotions and the, the respect levels in Europe. And I, I think they're starting to get punished with some of their uh, um, aggressive ways, let's say. Um, do, we, do we have any thoughts on that? Do we, where, where do we kind of fall on G2 maybe 
maybe just having a bad event. Maybe it's, you know, just knock on effects from, you know, extraneous it's, circumstances. It's hard for me to put, say anything about G2 uh, without mm. a huge asterisk on this event. Um, yeah. I, I do think that there is, I, I do think that there's totally a world in which I think other teams are improving and solidifying at a pace that outpaces G2, which has been playing together for a while now. Like, I think that there is that initial, like, you have that initial phase of figuring things out, and yeah. then you, you know, start to improve um, exponentially. Like, I think, think of um, Sentinels, their first couple of... Uh, yeah, 100%. Their first couple of tournaments, they you're like, like there's no way. You're like, oh, sh- crap, we just lost the Overwatch League MVP for a bot, and, like, he just uh-huh. makes Overwatch players look bad in shooters and stuff and now you look at it now you're like well sinatra is one of the best uh sofas in the world right now um and so there's i think um in the same way too you know g2's been together now for a while they've been competing Mm. consistently for a while and uh i but i think that other teams are together and i think they're going to close that gap but I, i don't think that any of them just on that alone, I think can outpace or uh, improve over G2. And if there's a team, it's FPX. Yeah, that's that's kind of my nod as the team that could rival and I think potentially will rival um, much to G2 chagrin. Um, the big worry that I have is is how close this first match was against BBL. And this is again, this is a qualifier team who I think operates in a very similar style, kind of loose, but but direct, um, not a fast team, but but a decisive one, one that, you know, they're they're going to attack the site. This is the play. Oh, it didn't work or oh, like we ran into a wall. OK, we're going to like cobble something together and then just go for something else. And it seems to to be the deciding factor with them and a team like Project SW or maybe even Bonk to to a lesser degree, I think Bonk probably being another favorite there but yeah i don't know g2 i i feel like slowing down i i definitely think it's it's a little column a little column b i think g2 slowing down a little bit i think people are getting wise to their their antics and just pushing pushing out of out of spawns into spawns off of defense like they're they're quite the aggressive team feel like they're uh very momentum driven once you give them an inch they kind of take a yard and for a Turkish team to kind of come in here and give them a, a serious run for their money. I, I, I do wonder if, uh, if a team like FPX, yeah. Give a team FPX, you know, a good day. They eat their Cheerios, you know, get them Wheaties going. Might have a, uh, a Sentinels TSM style rivalry on our hands. I think it'll be uh, it'll be good for you in particular. I think G2's due for some, for a loss. I'm also I'm looking back though through their um through some of their results in the past cuz I'm trying to think cuz I it's weird because I think you're right uh but at the same time I think that G2 is a team that outside of like very early on bracket matches and like top versus bottom group matches and stuff they generally play teams close but in control if that makes mm-hmm. sense, in the sense that they they are thirteen to eight to thirteen to ten team, and not a thirteen to five team, if that sure. makes sense. And I'm just kind of looking yeah. through, and it's kind of I, I would have to do more like diving in to see if that actually tracks, or if that's just not 
um, just some like confirmation bias or whatever. But you know, they're not they're not really. I would say that I don't know that a team. It's it's like the Overwatch. There's close three twos, and then there's not close three twos. Um, and I I don't know if I've ever looked at some of these closer matches by G two and ever felt like G two is out of control. Um, even on like uh, I have to go. You you make me want to go back and watch uh against BBL because that, yeah. that is one like, that I didn't see, but um, very losable. And some of these like coming back from like a severe deficit, I I probably get the number wrong, but looking at like six one odds well not six one odds but like six round six one like round differential i think on ascent in particular i think well like with fbx too they were um they were up five maps or five yeah, rounds I, I, I think at, this one might not be the kind of smoking gun with g2 obviously because of what happened with uh with david p and and, and that but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see them continue. Uh, I, I definitely have to give them some sort of leeway with in regards to that, because obviously it's it's tough to kind of keep everything in line. And, and that's no you know disservice to him. That's an entirely uh, extra mental tax that you kind of have to like have way on your shoulders. So I, I think he's playing extremely well, even disregarding that. But we'll have to see. I think G2 might just be having even a slow event. I think this is this is the type of game that you can just say, hey, bad event. We have to check them over the next like four or five different tournaments. Give them a, a, a slew of FPX, BBL, NIP, see how they do and, and maybe I be able think, to kind of parse something from that. I don't think G2 has ever lost an event that they played in. Right. And I think that they've only lost one series. And that was this past week against FPX. Mm -hmm. I think I, I have to double lose? check if there's uh, any, no, they did if they had any loser bracket stuff. Yeah. Um, but it looks like if I go into matches, it's all green except for the one against FPX. <laughs> yeah. They I think. I think another interesting point about BBL taking it that hard to G2 and really pushing it uh, against them is that I feel like BBL are also kind of a team that's not like a 13-2, 13-5 team. Sure. Uh, a lot of what I saw in the qualifiers, you know, even in their qualifying match, like the finals, they went to overtime both times uh, and they won it 14-12. to 12. I think it was both... Mm -hmm both back-to-back -back games uh, and against Purple Cobras, it was a nine to 13. Uh, it was like, it's one thing to say, oh, FBX beat G2. And you know, like you look at like the heavy hitters, the entry fraggers, just the pure raw, like skill that they bring mm -hmm. to that table. And they say, yeah, they, you know, they just ran in and started running amok and, you know, jumping on the bed you know tearing down the walls everything like that it, you know that's one thing to be that snowball but then it's another thing i think that bbl were able to take it to g2 on in their own fashion uh and if that speaks anything to a level of consistency 
uh, that makes me very hopeful for BBL going forward is, you know, like if this is something you can pull off by playing G2's game and saying, okay, you guys set the rules, totally fine. We'll play your pace, but we're just going to make you work for it. We're going to try and be better at it. Couple scrims later, you know, like a couple tournaments later, I wouldn't be surprised to see BBL showing up and huge, huge props to Turkey. They love BBL esports. They had like two to three K viewers, pretty much the entire <laughs> qualifier. They cheer on their home region. I love <laughs> to see that kind of backing. And so it's not like BBL don't have the confidence behind him. They know that they're carrying their flag proudly throughout mm. each of these games. Yeah, they're running everybody close. Like props to them. I, I'd like to see them continue to be uh, invited, maybe even to some of the the smaller, you know, not cups, but you know, a little bit smaller tournaments that you know aren't necessarily clogged up with you know your nips, your TLs, things of that sort. We we kind of talked about like the this idea of just like uh, putting teams together, right? Like mm -hmm. for the best parts. Um, Mitchell, in your estimation, who's who's like the part you want to pick for BBL? For BBL, um, I don't think I don't know if you pick apart this team. Okay, um, and I mean, obviously, there is, of course, one of the big issues that will be present in the EU is language barriers. Um, mm, and sure. of course, you know, like it, it's not that it, it's you can overcome that sort of thing uh I, plenty of teams have proven that already fbf but there is a ton of turkish teams though like just like from memory. yeah yep. mm. uh and i think for a team like bbl uh you know you could ask the same question oh if you were going to pick a part g2 who would you be taking you know and when you look at them on paper as like okay here's your whole team there's no one that I look at and I'm immediately like, oh, well, if you replace these two with these two, this team would be objectively mm. better. You know, like I think there's yeah. a lot of team cohesion that goes into it. And when I look at BBL and I'm watching them play, of course, I would need to like, you know, I would need to wait for player interviews and to kind of get a little bit more on the individuals to before I could say this definitively. But when I watch them play, I always feel like I'm watching everyone kind of has their role to play uh hmm. and you know where i think that differs is i'm looking at a team like started from cs and you're looking at happy and mm -hmm. i'm like happy is like the all-star of this team yeah. um like mm. not to say that there isn't talent on the team in its own right but i look at i look at happy and i immediately say i'm like yeah he's like he's he, you could probably put him pretty much with anyone uh, he has years of tournament experience from CSGO. He's played on different teams before. He's overcome language barriers before. Uh, I think he can make the he can make any team work. Uh, and I think that's that's important when you're talking about picking apart players. So I would need to do a little bit more research on the individual players of BBL yeah. if I could ever get like, you know, like uh translated interviews and stuff like that. I would love mm -hmm. to get to get to know who they are um but bbl is actually one of the teams i would say maybe you want to stick together um i think if you're going to be picking from like the bottom end uh if you're looking at bonk i think you seen safe and bonker you might need to keep these guys all together uh i think bonker is a great in-game in leader from what i see uh i think he does 
super well on Sova because of that. The amount of information he gets, uh, and then Yasin and Safe are just monster fraggers that I think you could slot in with multiple teams. But again, you know, partially speculation. I don't want to say anything too definitively because I've I've personally never played in I've in years of competing i haven't played in any team games i've been mm. i was i did an online tournament in csgo once uh and it was like i was like a play-in uh and the the amount of like meshing and teamwork and understanding of who you can rely on uh that i know from all through the years um one i would always think back to actually old c9 roster uh skadoodle when he was like the best opera in na and cloud nine wasn't even like you're you know like was still like losing a lot of games i always look at ska and i always think to myself the the role he plays meshes very well with people he's very quiet he doesn't say a whole lot he does his job and you can depend on him that's what makes him a great player when you're looking at all these teams where i don't know the individuals that well i'm really curious to see you know where's everyone slotting in what are you mm. You know, what are you offering to this team? Are you Mr. Consistent? Are you the the rock in the solid place so that players like Zypen can feel like, yeah, I'll double I'll double blast back in. I will go for this frag. I will send it on the entire site. I come challenge me, you know, like Zypen go kill doesn't get to go kill if the rest of the team is not willing to work with him. So there's trust levels there. And I do I always worry about breaking that kind of thing up. Sure. Sure. I like that. I get that. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's a little bit early too for the chapter of BBL to break them up. I think mm -hmm. um, they've they've only been as a full squad right since the beginning of a couple of them played on CNED together, and then um, a couple of them played in an early tournament in July. But otherwise, their official tournament together as a full five squad has just been last weekend and this weekend. So. Um, Let's see what comes from them. Uh, we do mm -hmm. need to get out of here, though. Uh, Mitchell, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this one. This was a ton of fun. Learned a lot. Uh, thanks for bringing your expertise from uh, the Allied Esports Odyssey and just esports in general uh, to the show. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, shout, can you, uh, any shout outs? Uh, where can people find you? Give, find you? Give us all your socials and stuff like that. Uh, so if you would like to follow me on Twitter, I am at underscore Dr. No underscore. Uh, and I will tweet about pretty much any eSport. Uh, if you like fighting games, I will give you all the fighting games content you can want. If you like League of Legends, that's going to be up on my Twitch tomorrow night. So 9 p.m. Uh, PDT. So uh, if whatever time zone that works out for you it's at i believe that one is at doctor underscore underscore no um <laughs> so there's two underscores it's either on the outside for my twitter or it's on the inside for my twitch uh and if you guys are interested in following the japan league of legends scene i am going to be doing as much introspective it's playoff season so i'm going to be catching everyone up on what's been happening all the storylines everything there uh also might be looking at more valorant casting in the near future uh, one thing I do want to do is bot review. So if you guys are interested in a little bit more analytical content, I'd be happy to offer you guys that one. Um, any last shout outs? I guess I would have to shout out my friend Reaper. He, uh, he does a lot of 
like analytical content as well. He's somebody who's helped me out a lot with like educating um, myself going into these tournaments. And he does he does like esports recaps of the week. So if you guys are interested in that kind of content, always want to give him a shout out because he does amazing work. And he is actually uh, he was actually an avid listener of you guys before uh, I I got in and. It was a couple episodes ago. He was like, "Hey, you should check out uh, Spike Drop. They do like they do this really good podcast. Uh, they used to do an Overwatch podcast." And I was like, "I'll check these guys." Out. Yeah, and I was really uh, in tune with what you guys were doing. And I thought you guys, I love your guys' production. Uh, and it's actually been an honor to be able to come on the show with you guys. Doll, love chatting. Well, dang, now we have to come have you have you back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, I would be happy. I'd be more than honored. Whatever my next tournament is, I'll be sure to give you a guide. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, as we sign off for the week, um, big thank you to the new subs, Skeptical, Cly, Bjorn, Suds and Bubbles, and Pin to Paper for the subs. Uh, thank you so much. Follow the show at Spike Drop everywhere. Just Spike Drop. It's Spike Drop everywhere. Um, Yiska, really quick, shout-outs for the week and where people can find you. Um, well, I am I'm, I'm being paid for stuff. Uh, that I can't believe I'm paid for. So uh, that's, just that's check GG Recall. I can't believe the, they're sure. paying you either for. <laughs> yeah, well, for that, his coworkers can't believe that's, that he's actually that, getting paid for this. That's the that's the thing about lifesmanship. You got to be paid for play, and then you got it. Lifesmanship. Nice. Are you uh, a lifesmanship lifesmanship expert? No, because <laughs> I will. I will probably be held for like one more month until people like get like fed up with me and then <laughs> it's once again searching. <laughs> uh Joe, what about you, man? Shout out to the where can people find you? You can find me on the on the socials everywhere in the usual places. Uh haven't really put in too much thought this week in terms of content. Um so yeah. Get some Overwatch, get some Valorant. Who knows? I saw an interview with Thorzane. Shout out to uh, TL.net. If you're in, if you're back from the StarCraft days and wondering what what the hell happened to Thorzane, go check that out. There's my shout out. Go look at, go read TL. Nice. nice. All right, we'll be out of here. We're out of here. We'll see you guys next Friday for another spike drop. Enjoy uh, the esports over the weekend. And if you are uh, a Croucher, we'll see you Monday for another episode of Tactical Crouch. Bye. Bye.